Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rancid Taco Movie Review. I'm Skylar Sanders, here with my dystopian, post-apocalyptic ghost friend slash alien friend, Mason Weir. Yes. I love that we've incorporated aliens fully into the canon of Ghost. Yeah, I mean, I've stopped trying to talk sense into you about it. It's just not going to work. I The more I think about it, the more I like it. It, it adds some uh, open-endedness to the story. Well, it's just not supported by really anything other than the fact that there's a light coming from the sky. But if you enjoy it, please don't let me be the one to stop you from having fun. I won't let you. Today we're doing the award show for our three-part series that we just did, which was the movie Ghost, the movie Brazil, and the movie The Road, which our mothers chose. So it was Mother's Month. Yep. And special thanks once again to the mothers. That yeah. chose these awesome movies. They did a really good job. A lot of variety in these movies, and all three good movies. Yeah, big shout out to uh, Sue Weir for choosing uh, Ghost, for Paula Sanders my, uh, for choosing Brazil, and then Crystal Weir, your wife, for choosing The Road. Even bigger shout out to Sue Weir and Paula Sanders for birthing two of the greatest humans to ever grace the earth yeah that, that was one of their finest achievements i think is giving birth to us nay the finest you said earlier in a text that we piss excellent and i like that that's that's very true hell yeah i mean i did steal i did steal that from talladega nights but it's true ah is that from a damn you should have never told me that well i had to i had to say it on here because people would have known that i stole it from that well, I was going to make a t-shirt out of that. Well, you know, to dupe you is one thing, but to dupe the audience is a whole nother. Anyway, today we're doing the awards. Special thanks to the moms. Thanks again. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a shorter show, I think, because I have a feeling we're going to agree on a lot of these picks. Yeah, I don't uh, know if there's a lot of hard decisions for me. I, d- I did my decisions in about 15 to 20 minutes, I think. Well, that's standard. You don't want to put too much thought into these awards yeah i like to just write it down and then as we're doing it live let the let the inspiration come and and change your pick to try to one-up me yeah yeah well i guarantee we're gonna we're going to agree on this one Mm -hmm. the the first award and that's the best acting performance best male acting performance it's vigo it's a no-brainer vigo mortensen shines in the road and it's just it's not just that he's a better actor than all the other leads in, in the other movies, which he is a better actor than those other char- those other actors. But the part also hands him a much more heavy, hard-to-do role. And it was an easy win for him. Yeah. The only competition for him would be I – mean, there really wasn't competition, I guess. It, it was just yeah. him. I mean, I guess you could say Jonathan Price maybe a close second, I, I would say. Yeah. May, not a close second, but not a close second, but a second. And then I, 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 how I would rank it is Jonathan Price second, and Patrick Swayze third. The real question I wanted to ask you is: Is Viggo Mortensen an equal, better, or worse actor than Robert De Niro? Not in this movie, but overall. Overall, yeah. Wow. I think the quick knee-jerk answer just is to say Robert De Niro is the the better actor, but. I don't know about that. I yeah. it, personally, for me, I think I might take Vigo Mortensen over Robert De Niro. 
I don't know if he has as much range because I've never seen Vigo be funny, but I've seen everything else out of him, and he he's really good. Yeah, and De Niro, I always kind of felt like as an actor with not a whole lot of range. Like, he just plays the same sort of person well and does it over and over and over. And not to, not to shit on Robert De Niro at all, because I do like Robert De Niro. I think he's a, he, he has a access to his uh, intensity that he brings out in a lot, of, a lot of scripts, but he's much more of a traditional Methodist, Methodist-style actor that Methodist. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's a Baptist-style actor. Yeah, he's much more of a traditional Method-style actor that, that is very much himself and not really sh- shifting into a character a whole lot. <laughs> Uh, I also I want to take it back what I said about Vigo. He is funny in the movie Green Book, so he also has some comedic chops too. Okay, I haven't seen it, so I told you about Green Book before. You're gonna have to watch that one. Yeah, I'll watch it. That's the life story of Tony Lip. Tony Lip, who plays Carmine in The Sopranos. Oh yeah, yeah, I do remember you telling me about that now. Yeah, you got to check that one out. But I don't want to get too far off course here. Let's let's get back on track with the best female acting performance. Yeah, and this actually was a tougher decision than I thought because I originally wrote down one person and then I scratched out when I realized, oh, I like this other person better. So my choice, originally, I was going to go with Demi Moore. And it had to do much more with her just ability to cry on cue, which is not an easy thing to do as an actor, but she accesses it. Uh, a lot in in her in the film Ghost, and she does it every other scene. But I wasn't blown away by her acting performance. I just was blown away by her ability to cry on command. And then I realized, no, the better actress in this movie was Whoopi Goldberg. Yep. And I, so I went with best female performance as from uh, Whoopi Goldberg, who played uh, Oda Mae Brown in Ghost. And she did a spectacular job just bringing an entire uh, an entire comedic relief to the film, but at the same time remaining true to her character. She's she's not punching it up. She's just playing the truth of the situation and being a very true being very true to her character, which winds up winds up being funny in this in the circumstances. I'm agreeing with you. I chose Whoopi as well. And it was not really even close for me. I couldn't think of any great performance. I wasn't super impressed with Charlie Theron from uh, The Road. <laughs> Are you trying to make this a thing where you just butcher everyone's name? Uh, it's just that one. <laughs> Charlie Theron? Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. Yeah, she wasn't that, that special in The Road. And in yeah. Brazil, the only female actress that stood out to me was the mother. Not, mm-hmm. not the woman that played Jill. Yeah. But I think Whoopi, like you said, she's funny. She does a good job. She sells the character, and, and I liked it. I think she yeah. does it as well. That's funny because the mother in uh, Brazil, she did an excellent job as the character, but her part just wasn't really big enough. So if she'd have had a few more scenes or a more central uh, device to the plot, maybe I think I could have justified giving it to her. But it was definitely between those three and – Hoopy Goldberg was was my choice. <laughs> nice, that's a good Hoopy. Hoopy, Hoopy Goldberg. And since we're talking about Whoopi, Whoopi, mm-hmm. maybe this Whoopi. is a good time to transition into. Yeah, the Golden Stiffy. 
Yep. Now the Golden Stiffy, for those of you guys who don't know, if you haven't seen watched an award or listened to an award show yet, is handed out to the most uh, sexy female that graces the silver screen for us. Yep. And uh, this was actually a tougher decision, I thought. And I don't even know if I like my decision, but I'm going to go with it. I'm sticking to my guns. And it all stems from one scene. And I'm going to go with Kim Greist as Jill Layton. Just because yeah. of her butt? You liked her butt that much? Simply that one scene where she's in bed and we see some boobies. And then we get, and then it, the camera scales back and it's her butt. And she jumps under the blankets all playful like. And I was aroused. All right, Kim Grace, that, that's your pick, huh? Yep. Well, she didn't have the acting chops, but she had the chops, chops. Yeah, the chops, chops for you. Well, she didn't have it for me. That wasn't my pick. Though, as a runner up, I will say when I saw Whoopi in her Kentucky Derby outfit when she was robbing <laughs> that bank, I, yeah. was kind of, I was kind of into the look. I kind of liked it. All right, all right. I mean, she wasn't robbing the bank, but yeah. Wait, I guess she kind of was. She kind of was, yeah. She was robbing Carl. She's robbing an account, yeah. Yeah. But that's not my pick. That's the runner-up. My actual pick, it was a pretty easy choice for me. It goes to Molly Parker from The Road, and she played the mom at the end. That Not not the mom of the boy, but the mom that rescues the boy at the end. Yeah. She yeah. didn't look great in this movie because she, you know, <laughs> has been in an apocalypse for 15 years. Yeah. But she looked better than the guy that was with her i mean he was definitely swinging out of his strike zone with her i think well now hold on a second that was guy pierce she was with so if you're taking her out of the movie you take him out of the movie and he's a very sexy man yeah but he's not her counterpart she's exceptionally good looking i think i remember her from from deadwood she was the best looking woman on, on the show on deadwood and they had a lot of uh, pretty pretty ladies on there so it yeah. goes to her easily for me well i just love the fact that deadwood like my parents got me watching deadwood and they'll like this reference when i say the those cocksuckers gotta get out of here <laughs> like they say cocksucker every 10 every words. yeah every word yeah. i love that uh what was woo always called swear engine swegen swegen Cocksucker, yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was my favorite part of the uh of the whole show really the very best scene in that is when uh his lieutenant fights the other bodyguard in the street and they fight to the death like fist fight to the death in the last season oh, i love that it's a good series in general what's his name ian uh mcshane that guy is yeah, yeah. That guy. That's why he's one of my favorite actors of some of the of recent years. Have you seen uh, the television series American Gods? No, is that good? Oh man, it is really good. It's a great book. First of all, uh, uh, who wrote it? Uh, I can't remember who wrote. I can't remember who wrote it. He's a he's a very famous actor or writer, but but the the show is really good too. Tom Clancy. No, it's not a Tom Clancy book, damn it. That's the only famous author I can think of besides Stephen King and R.L. Stein. Like, I'm looking over at my bookshelf now because I have, like, multiple books written by him. I'm just, I'm just trying to peek over and see if I can catch his name. Carl Sagan, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. Neil Diamond? 
Neil Gaiman. Oh, Gaiman. Okay. He's a he's he's a better writer than Neil Diamond. That's for sure. Well, Neil Neil Diamond is a worse musician than Neil Young as well. Yeah, that's true. I'm a pretty big Neil Young fan. He creeps up on me. Oh hell yeah, Neil Young is Neil Young was like the original grunge rocker. If you listen to his like his uh, particularly just his acoustic stuff, he had a he had grunge going before grunge happened. I think. Yeah, he's he. In my mind, I always viewed him as a grungier version of Dylan, Bob Dylan. They're yeah, kind of definitely. the same guy with different styles. Definitely. I mean, he was heavily influenced by Dylan, I'm sure, but yeah. Are they? Or aren't they kind of the same age? No, Dylan was playing in like the '60s. He started playing folk music in the '60s, and Neil Young's more like late '70s, '80s. No. Okay, you you lose, you, you lose the podcast. You, no, you just lost the podcast. I didn't. Okay, you would lose it on a Neil. Well, hold on. You just did. Since I have a computer right here, let's just look up Bob Dylan. What year was Bob Dylan born? No, we want Neil Young, don't we? Well, we're looking. We got to do both. Oh, okay. You look up Bob Dylan. I look up Neil Young. Bob Dylan uh, was born in 1941. Neil Young was born in. 1945. Yeah, suck on that, man. He's only four years wait a second, older than no. him. Yeah, but still, wait a second. What, what about first album release? What about album releases? Because the Come age on. doesn't. You just lost, man. Dylan, no, Dylan was doing it way before Neil Young. I mean, Neil Young was in Buffalo Springfield, which was some his earliest work. Then he was in Crosby, Stills, uh, Young, and Nat, Nash and Young. 1969, he released an album. All right, Dylan released one in 1961. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean he was influenced by him. Oh, for sure, everybody was influenced by Dylan, dude. Especially, oh, especially singer-songwriters from the folk era. Uh, you and Bob Dylan and, and Marlon Brando, just the the three of you. Oh my God! Listen, you can look up interviews of Neil Young talking about Bob Dylan's influence on him. <laughs> all right, all right. I've I've watched him. I like both artists. All right, we should probably get back on track. Anyway, I'm, we're off track. None of that had anything to do with the <laughs> the Golden Stiffy, which in yeah. the, my pick was Molly Parker. I, no, <laughs> I don't know how we got there. <laughs> how, how the hell do we get to Neil Young versus Bob Dylan? I don't know. I guess Neil Young is older than I thought, though. Yeah, he's old as shit. Both of those guys are still alive, too. Mm-hmm. And still writing music, still putting out music. Yeah, Neil Young released a song last year, and he's always sounded like a ghoul or a ghost, but now he really is pretty much <laughs> yeah, like a living ghost. Well, he's his voice has aged a lot better than Bob Dylan's because Bob Dylan now sounds like a haggard old 90-year-old smoker. <laughs> he can't understand hardly anything he says. All right, getting back on track. We have now the counterpart to the Golden Stiffy, and that is the Mighty Moisturizer. Yes, the Mighty Moisturizer is an award we hand out to the the man the men in the film that really moisturize the ladies and get them worked up. Yep, and I'll I'll go first with this one because I know who you're gonna pick, mm-hmm. and it's Robert Duvall. You picked Robert Duvall? <laughs> no, I'm gonna pick. That's who you're gonna pick, is my guess. <laughs> man, as sexy as he was. Uh, I don't know if I could do it. I think he was the most sexual of the characters that I that were a, a possible. Candidate. Yeah, you know. spe- 
especially when he's puking those peaches up. Mm. <laughs> he was so filthy, but willing to do anything. He made it very clear. Yeah. He, he would do whatever. He didn't give a shit. What do I have to do? He's got no teeth, so. Ass or mouth. <laughs> Ass or mouth, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, I didn't I didn't pick anyone from the road because the, everyone was so hideous looking in the road. Yeah, they were quite hideous in the road, and I didn't either. My actual pick goes to Carl from Ghost, not Patrick Swayze. Mm. I've decided I'm going to go with Carl on this one. He, he was more ripped, more buff, and probably more fun than Patrick Swayze. Swayze. There's nothing worse than a square in my mind. And I just feel like Patrick Swayze just has no fun ever. Dude, you picked the squarest looking dude in the fucking, in all three movies. Like that guy looks like an absolute square. No, he owes someone hundreds of thousands of dollars. Patrick Swayze has edge and like charisma, sharp jaw. No, you're so wrong about this one. No. And that's why I picked Patrick Swayze. Yeah, I knew you were going to pick Swayze. Yeah, and it's not even that, you know, acting performance aside, he's just got a, he's got that sharp jawline, he's got the chiseled body, the chiseled features, the intense look in his eye. I I mean, I'd sleep with him. No. And And I'm not saying the same, I wouldn't say the same thing about his partner who has a dorky haircut and just, I mean, yeah, he's got some abs. All right, congratulations, he got some abs, you know. I got abs, okay. You don't you don't get in debt to someone six hundred thousand dollars without doing something really fun. You're either doing a lot of drugs or a lot of gambling or something that's probably pretty fun. So Carl knows how to have a good time. Well, I mean, they do work on Wall Street, so I'm sure their evenings are spent with hookers and cocaine. But his not Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze's flopping out of windows and kicking statues, (laughs) tight, you know, punching computers. He seems like the worst. Oh my god! What's wrong with uh, typing with your pencil? <laughs> That's how you did it in uh, in 1990. Whatever you typed with a pencil, and whenever they were bringing your statue Mary Mother up through the window, you did a big super ap- acrobatic move to kick it out and catch it back in. That's just how life was back then. No, his idea of a good time is to go to the fucking opera on this haunted street where where you're obviously going to get mugged and, and killed. It was yeah, horrible. He's, yeah, he's cultured. Yeah, well, he's got he got murdered and left her there to fend for herself. So he yeah, he's not he had a protector. He's he's barely a provider. Because he had a scumbag friend, and he is a protector. He protected her from the grave. Okay, that you can't even say that. You can't you can't argue that he stuck around on the mortal coil just to protect her. All right, he did do that, but he he failed to protect her in the living realm. He got shot, bro. Anybody gets shot, it's going to go down. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's what the ghost in the hospital says. Uh, gunshot, huh? Oh, that'll, do that'll do it. <laughs> do it every time. All right, well, moving on. Well, I don't want to move on yet. I still want to dish you about that. You're, you're wrong. Man. About what? It's Carl over Swayze, bro. You only want to fight because you know you're wrong. Listen, yeah. the, buzzer's, the buzzer sounded. You lost, okay? I only want to fight because it's the unpopular opinion, but I'm going with Carl, yeah. No, that's why I picked pa- Patrick Swayze, because I th- knew Carl would be the popular opinion here. There was no one from Brazil, though, right? At all. Yeah, no sexy men, for sure. I guess you could make a case for Robert De Niro's character, but he's wearing, like, a underwater diver suit the whole time, for the most part, so you don't even see him much, but he does have a manly man presence about him, I guess. 
uh, I never picked that up from him. He just seemed goofy and, and eccentric. Well, it, it, either way, I mean, we did remark on how good Carl looked. And I think it was just surprising that he looked that good with his shirt off because with his shirt on, he didn't look that impressive. He seemed like a fun guy, though, outside of the the conspiracy. I mean, he goes over to – he helps, for one, move in. He does the, the whole shirt gimmick thing where he spills the coffee on his shirt and takes it off. I mean, that's fun. Well, I mean, your life with him is going to be interesting. That's for sure. He did have his best friend killed, so you never know when you might be murdered. Uh, if you like – if you like excitement. He didn't mean to kill him. We already talked about that extensively. It was an accident. And he didn't deserve being dragged off wherever the uh, the shadow people dragged him. Oh, he absolutely did. He was responsible for his friend's death, whether he meant it or not. So if I accidentally run you over and kill you, say I'm like backing up or whatever in the car, you think I should go to hell for that if it's an accident? Uh, I mean, if you were backing up with the intent to you know, do something horrible and then somebody died because you, yeah. If I wanted to hit you as a joke, but then you actually died from it. Yeah. That's a hell worthy offense. Hell yeah. You're going straight Uh, to hell. Especially if it's me, you killed me. You're going to hell. (laughs) I feel like that's some old Testament shit there. That's right. You kill, you, you kill, you go to hell. Uh, The power of Jesus Christ. The fire inside you. The fire and said, "Do you carry the fire?" Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, anybody, anybody that kills me deserves to go to hell. All right. Well, I'll try. Whether it. accident or no, accident or not. All right. Well, you're a, you're a tough Saint Peter, man. You're a, a hard, a hard critic. You'd say I'm a hard Saint Peter. Yeah, I'm saying you're tough on people. You're, you're casting a lot of judgment on Carl. Yeah. Well, what's the point of having a job like that if you're not casting judgment? Well, you got to be fair and balanced, man. No, that gets old after a while. You get tired of being fair and balanced. You got to play the villain every once in a while. I'm not voting for you in the next heavenly election. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I'll win, see? Because, you know, everybody wants the villain to be in charge. (laughs) Not in uh, the afterlife. So next up, we have what? What did you write down? Uh, most memorable moment. All right. And you, you go first for this one. Yeah, this was a trickier one for me, too, because none of the none, no moments stuck out to me, like really jumped out at me. But there is one moment that I remember, and maybe it's just because I've seen, I saw this movie as a child when my mother was watching it. But when Sam Lowry's mother is having her Ida Lowry is her name, when she's having her face stretched out in that scene where, where the, the plastic surgeon is ha, literally has her face pulled and stretched completely out of proportion to what a human face should be stretched. For some reason that image sticks in my head. And I think, and I've thought of it a lot throughout my life. I've, I've like, pictured that moment in random situations i don't know why so for me i guess that is the most memorable moment even though there's nothing super exciting about that moment or or anything but just for some reason it sticks in my head like seeing her face completely stretched out yeah i I actually like that scene it was one of my favorite scenes from the movie and i Mm -hmm. agree all the 
moments that I was considering are pretty obscure. So for Brazil, it was like the, the singing telegram was the thing I'll always remember about Brazil. Mm. And the song, of course. Anytime the song came on, I also yeah. felt that. But then in the road, it was like, you know, the scene where he spits out the peaches. Like, yeah, that's memorable. You're always going to remember that. But it's not like a highly memorable yeah. moment. Yeah, it was hard to pick like one that really stuck out like that. So I kind of went the same route you did, and I thought back to when I was a kid. And what's the thing I remember the longest from from the longest time ago and remember the most? And that's Carl getting dragged to hell by mm. these shadowy demons. I saw this movie when I was a kid, probably five, six, something like that, seven. And I remembered it then. I've remembered it all these years, despite never seeing the movie since then. It is kind of scary, yeah. But there's <clears throat> only one problem with what you just said. Dragged, that dr- dragged to hell. Yeah, which infers that the other people are going up to heaven, not to an alien ship. Well, they dragged him to an unseen location. They never say hell. <laughs> no, you said what you meant. I didn't mean to say that. I'm editing that out for sure. Yeah, that's bullshit. All right, well, I I do agree, though. That was That was one of the moments that was kind of on the table for me, too, because... It was early computer graphic technology. So uh, it, it was kind of creepy in the way that even looking, watching it, watching it now, it's, it's really creepy to watch it, watch the, as they drag him into the shadows like that. Interesting. So, that neither one of us picked the pottery scene. No. Yeah. But it is, it is definitely, we both considered it, I'm sure, but it was too obvious. Yeah. It was too obvious. And it's not that memorable for me. I just think yeah. a lot of other people like it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people remember it, but for me, I don't. I don't really. It didn't didn't uh, excite me that much. And then for a runner-up, it was anytime they sang Brazil. <laughs> and then next up, we've got <clears throat> best fight. Which has become a staple. You know, we, we must watch a lot of movies with fight scenes in them. Or either that or a lot of movies just have fight scenes in them. Well, I was, so. I was, I made sure to, to list it as the best fight slash skirmish. Uh-huh. Because it's not always about just throwing blows or, you know, a fist fight. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But you, that, that widens what you can select from. That's true. That's true. And this is the only curveball I picked for the for the whole podcast. So you you have to go first on this one. All right. Well, my best fight had two rounds actually, and the first round went to Willie Lopez fighting against Sam. He kills Sam in an alley, and in a failed robbery, he ends up shooting and killing him. That wasn't the good part of the fight. The good part of the fight is round two when Sam is a ghost. And he goes to take vengeance on Willie, and he frightens him into a bathroom. He he writes on the mirror in the steam, boo. He he literally scares him out into the street to get run over by a car and killed. So he didn't mean to kill him, but as a ghost, he haunts the shit out of him. He fights him, essentially, and leads to his death. And overall, I really liked that scene. And there were a lot of different candidates, but I think that was my favorite. Well, that's that's a that's a good choice, and that surprises me because I thought for a second you might pick what I was going to pick, and I was like, no way. But my pick also comes from the movie Ghost, and also involves Patrick Swayze, 
but it's Patrick Swayze versus himself. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, my favorite skirmishes and and fights were Patrick Swayze leaping after people when he couldn't touch them and slamming (laughs) off things (laughs) and swinging wildly at Willie Lopez, but just swinging right through him and knocking himself over and like... (laughs) So... Until he figures out how to actually torture Willie Lopez, he's literally just trying – when Willie comes into the house and Demi's there and and uh, Patrick Swayze's character is trying to stop him, he's like, no, and he runs up the stairs and swings these wild haymakers at him, but he ends up just missing and falling over. <laughs> yeah. And he, he does this repeatedly throughout the movie where he gets pissed off and, and then he tries to jump and leap through Carl and get him, but he, he jumps right through him and he accidentally knocks the picture frame over. And it's like, (laughs) he just doesn't get it. He doesn't get the fact that he can't touch people at that point. And uh, so he ends up beating himself up a bunch in that movie. And that was my curveball for the podcast. Very good choice. I was not expecting. I considered a lot of other things, and that was not among them. (laughs) Some of the other ones I I was thinking about was like uh, Sam versus the Samurai in Brazil. But it really wasn't very well done. No, it was horrible. I thought I thought that was that was one of my least favorite parts of the movie. I also kind of like De Niro versus the henchmen of Central Services when he he kills them. Mm. Not yeah. only at the end, but when he fills up their their two. Oh yeah, shit. yeah, drowns them in their own shit, sort of. And then in the road, there's several little battles. There's, mm-hmm. there's the fight against uh, the cannibals, basically. The first, time. the first, uh, I that was my. My first choice was that when he just straight up shoots the one guy in the head when he jumps after his son, when he he's out peeing and he catches him and he says something, just the way that he jumps over and tries to take his son hostage and he's just crack, right? Shoots him right in the head without any hesitation. Yeah, so that and was the dialogue that was, they exchanged before that is really good too. Yeah, yeah. So that, but it, it uh, I, that was my favorite until I thought of this more creative way to, to yeah, bring Patrick was, Swayze. You know what the road needed was a bear fight. It's too bad all the bears died. Yeah. If they'd had bears out there, I, w- I would definitely not want to live in that world. So if you're Vigo walking along this road with your son and you're starving and you see one bear, one solitary bear, and you haven't seen any others this whole time, do you fight the bear, try to kill it for its meat and fur, or do you run away? I think you have to try to uh, – if you have a gun, you got to try to shoot the bear and kill it. That little and pistol's not going not gonna to touch that bear. Probably not. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree, though. You probably have to find some way to try to kill and eat the bear because that's weeks' worth of food. Yeah, months, that's – Months even, maybe. You could live forever off that. Well, the meat would go bad probably out that for after too long, but still good eating for a while and a lot of protein. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting little uh, mixture of movies there. You mix The Revenant with The Road. <laughs> yeah. And you get Big O versus a bear. Oh, I'd watch that. I, I, would, I would really like to see a fight between naked Vigo from The Road versus a bear. <laughs> Why has he got to be naked to fight the bear? He has even well, less I think he has more of a chance if he's naked. He's all wiry and scrappy. He looks like a wild animal. The bear is a wild animal. I, I think it would just work. I've seen Vigo fighting naked before. When? In Eastern Promises, he fights a guy in the Oh, yeah, that's right. That's true. Yep. Yeah, he, that's a good fight. 
It is. It's a long fight too. You can just see his dong flopping around the whole time. Yeah, and it, and it's it's a really realistic fight. I remember watching it being like, wow, this is really realistic because he gets stabbed and like cut up, and uh, just the way they did it was really well done. Yeah, so that's the best fight. The Eastern Promises shower fight. <laughs> yeah, the best fight not included. All right, move. Let's move on to the next one. I wrote down scariest moment. That's what I have, and you know it's hard to pick for me because, as you know, I'm stone cold and I don't get scared in movies. Yeah, you're bad. But I did admit in uh, that the road was scarier to me than any horror film that we'd we'd talked about or reviewed even. We did a whole review of scary movies back in October. And I did admit that this movie, The Road, is a scary movie because it gets my mind thinking realistically what's going to happen when stuff like this starts hitting the fan, you know? So this movie definitely contained the scariest moment. I just had to pick out which one it was. And I think for me, it's a combination of two moments, and it's in the house that they go into, right? So they go into that house and they don't know what's there, but they think they're finding some food and they unlock the basement and they go down the basement and all of a sudden all these scrawny human people that are being eaten. The human farm. The human farm. They're just, they're just keep people down there. And I couldn't imagine the fright that would go through your system as you walk down there and all of a sudden all these scrawny people start clawing at you and trying to grab you. And so that to me was the scariest moment. And then followed up by the fact that they hide upstairs. And when he puts, he's pointing the gun at his son, ready to kill him because instead of being captured, he'd rather his son be dead. So he doesn't have to endure the pain of being eaten alive or kept down there as human food. And just the tension of the, the whole, the whole tension of that time in the house was probably the scariest moment to me of, of all these films. Yeah, that was, a close runner up for me. That's not the one I picked, but that's the most traditional scary, mm-hmm. scary selection for sure. It's easily yeah. the scariest moment in that movie, unless you choose to be afraid of when he wakes up to the, what seemingly is the nuclear or alien apocalypse outside. Yeah. Whatever happened outside. Because if you're afraid of the apocalypse, that's always a threat. And that, you know, someday if you're in his situation, that's pretty damn scary to think about. Yeah. And the the most frightening thing is thinking not what you're seeing, but what you're thinking about for these movies. But that but the the scene I picked was mostly what you're seeing. Like that's just frightening as hell. Well, I went with a little bit different choice and I'm going back to Brazil. <laughs> and it's toward the end when Sam it's not a spoiler anymore because we've already reviewed the movie, but Sam, the main character, is actually insane. And the uh, last 15 minutes is basically a fever dream of his, barely able to to maintain his consciousness. So he is in a torture chair, and then it follows up with him witnessing the death of the man that saved him in a strange manner, you know, surrounded by newspapers. Yeah. And then he falls into a coffin full of congealed human mess, his own yeah. mom doesn't even recognize him or acknowledge him, which I don't know if you've ever had a dream like that where you're speaking to someone that you know and they don't, they can't hear you or they're, they yeah. can't acknowledge you. That's, that is actually frightening and like ter- just terrifying in a different way. Yeah. And then to further that, he goes out into the alleyways and those hag slash ogre things are chasing him. 
and he gets absorbed by these coils. And so all that's terrifying. And then the most scary part of it all is that he's actually insane. None of that's real, but his reality is even worse. He's, he's insane and being kept in an asylum where he'll never escape. So that's a horrible fate and a very scary thing. And so that whole sequence is the scariest moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. It's pretty, it gets pretty wild in there. The scariest part of all that to me is the congealed jelly bone body stuff that falls out of the car. It's not scariest. It's more disgusting. Yeah. But, uh, I had thought about, I thought about picking that part and, but I, but I was like, it doesn't really scare me. It disgusts me sort of. Well, that part but, was disgusting, but the whole concept of him being insane for that, that yeah. part and what he's seen yeah. in his mind while he's insane. It's a it's an endless yeah. nightmare. Yeah, I like I like your choice. That's a good choice there. Because to really to really be in that, to really go insane like that is sort of a frightening thing to to, to think about, yeah. So the next one is the best supporting actor. I went with one that you might not have expected. And some of the people that we could choose from were Robert Duvall and Robert De Niro and all those great actors from the road that we mentioned. Just tons mm-hmm. of tons of great actors. But I went with the young Cody Smith McPhee Mm. because I think he did the most believable job and he drew the most emotion out of out of me as the viewer. So he sold he sold the performance as this traumatized, horrified, scared little kid in, in the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a good that's a good pick. I, he does a good job. I don't know if he's even supporting. I mean, I I think he's a lead essentially. Uh, I he he's in the movie the entire time. He's he's obviously not the focus like the man is, but uh, he puts in a really good performance. And we talked about it before, and, and especially at that young of an age, he did a really good job. So who did who did you pick? Okay, so this is a quick, quick pick for me. Uh, my vote goes to Bob Hoskins as Spore and his partner. Uh, I don't know his partner's name. is not on the cast list here. But his partner, those two, the Mario and Luigi of Brazil, they cracked me up for some reason. Every t- when they, they do a little, like, repeating bit where, where they say something and and they're just like so intense and intimidating as duct repairmen. <laughs> it's just ludicrous. But but those scenes with him in, and even when he comes back and he's is like sign this here. Wait, what? Do you, it's a beat slash two twenty six. What do you think it is? Like he just does a great job in in his role. And for some reason, I'm just drawn to it every time. A B twenty six slash paper. And then oh, the no. other guy. Yeah, the other guy starts freaking out. And he hits him in the head with a wrench and then picks him up and carries him out. <laughs> it's just complete uh, uh, lunacy. But Bob Hoskins plays a great character in that. A good so, choice. A very good choice. But I really thought one of us would go with Duvall. I mean, if I was going just by the acting performance, then yeah, it's probably Duvall. Like that scene between him and, and Vigo Mortensen was. Like I said in the, in the last podcast, it's some of the best acting I've seen in a while. Uh, just the, the subtle beauty of, of them delivering those lines to each other and each character just completely in their own world. And uh, it, as far as acting would go, that would that should win it. 
But for some reason, I just really like Bob Hoskins' character in that, and I wanted to throw him. I want to throw him a bone. Yeah, well, he deserves it, and he'll be happy to receive his trophy in the mail. Yep, his his golden stiffy is in the mail. <laughs> All right, let's finish this off with rank the universes. Mm. So, so that would be which universe of these three movies would you like most, for, uh, least to most? To live in mm-hmm. as yourself so so you skylar sanders would be living in this world and which yeah. one is the one you would least like to live in the one i would least like to live in is probably the most obvious choice uh, the road like this this world there is no happiness there is no goodness there's no happiness there's no sunlight there's nothing good about this world. That's not entirely true. There is Coca-Cola and masturbation. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. No, there's going to be masturbation in all the worlds, though. So that <laughs> that's, stands for any of them. And Coca-Cola, yeah, it's like when Coca-Cola is the high point of your you know, last two years, you had a Coke, that's not a good existence. No, I actually agree with you. I chose the road as the world I would least like to live in. But I will argue that there is not masturbation in all three of these worlds. What? What are you talking about? We'll get to it. Okay. I think I see where you're going. But, yeah, but so I agree. Next... We're, we're, we're on board. It's least likely the road. So next up is, uh, for me, would be uh, Ghost. You know? So, Interesting. Yeah. So because... It's just the regular plain old world for the most part, right? Nothing's different about this world. Nothing's that exciting. I'm already living in this world. It's nice to know that there is now a heaven or a hell, but knowing all the things that I've done in my life, I'm now extremely worried that I'm going to be going to hell instead. <laughs> I've, nice. been ban- I've been banking a lot, of, a lot of chips in life have been banked on the fact that maybe there's no hell. <laughs> So what if you choose to believe that it's all aliens there? Is it, oh, a better, is it a better world? That makes it a little bit better, unless the aliens torture you, because then it's just like hell. <laughs> I'm assuming they torture some and, and they elevate some. Yeah, so I, I, I to be honest, uh, it's just a scary thought to me to think back and be like, damn, have I done anything bad enough to go to hell? And now, who's judging? Because if it was me earlier... I might judge me to go to hell just for the hell of it because I'm judging. You know, who's in control of that? St. Peter? I don't know. Yeah, you better hope it's not it's not you. You better hope yeah. you're not judging yourself. I better hope it's not the Methodists I grew up with because they definitely <laughs> won't approve of my lifestyle. No, they sure won't. Well, that's a bad pick because I, it's you can't say one without naming what your other will be. And obviously yours is Brazil. Mm-hmm. I, I chose Brazil as the second worst world to live in because it's pretty close to what we live in now, except everything is even shittier. You know, everything's falling apart. The government mm-hmm. is ruling every aspect of the common man's life. So that's horrible. And they get tortured by the government, which it shouldn't be a thing. I'm, I'm not going to say it's not a thing, but it shouldn't be a thing. And it's, that would be a horrible life to live in. Everyone's getting plastic surgery. It's, it's very close to the real life. It's the closest to real life of the three. And that's why it's in the middle for me. Because Ghost is a utopia. Yeah. 
but not in the same way you're looking at it. Ghost is a utopia for me because you get to solve some of the great mysteries of aliens and, and UFOs. <laughs> you get to be a ghost and haunt somebody. How much fun would it be to be a ghost? Uh, it didn't look like he was having a lot of fun. I wouldn't call it fun. Well, he was worried about shit the whole time. But once he yeah. solved the Molly thing, I would want to stay down there for another week or two at least and do all the fun ghost things. Like, Yeah, go- the only... Ghost- the- the only ghost that none of the ghosts look like they're having fun. That's the point. Like you're, you're, you stay behind because you got shit to do, not because you're having fun. It's like you can't just choose to stay behind because hey, I want to go around and fuck with people. No, they were having fun. The the ghost in the cemetery was walking seductively on that grave. The guy in the <laughs> hospital was very jolly and merry and waiting for his wife to die. Well, he was happy to be there. Uh, uh, Sam himself me. even he fucked with the fortune teller. Just for fun, he was like writing "boo" in the mirror just to mess with uh, Willie. The guy on the train, he was just a ball of laughs, wasn't he? He was just a fun guy. Yeah, once he loosened up, he was fun. He he became Coach Lombardi and had a great time. <laughs> All right, well, that's a persuasive argument that you put forward. Yeah, I think it would be fun to live in that world. The only downfall is what I mentioned is I'm pretty sure Sam was not able to rub one out as a ghost. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. So he, uh, I, I mean, you could still. Can you? Eh, I don't know. Can you? That's a good question. I don't. Maybe the aliens are solving that mystery for us. Well, if it's aliens, then yes. If he's actual ghost, then no. Well, it if seemed he... like he was able to go with the aliens when he wanted to. So he could hang out on Earth for as long as he wanted and have all the fun that, say, a hollow man could have being invisible. Uh-huh. And able to touch things. But then there's an end game. You don't have to be haunting the earth forever. You can just go up with the aliens whenever you're ready. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's a utopian world for me. I, I would love to live in the ghost universe. Well, all right. So then, yeah. It's, I, I mean, I get, I get where you're going at. And obviously, yes, I could have chose gone that way. But, uh, you know, as someone who's done quite a bit of sinning in my life, I like to think that uh, maybe, maybe ghost would be a scarier version for me. But here is why I would choose Brazil as my number one, and it's because Brazil is straightforward. It's simple. It's follow the rules, and you'll have a good life, you know? Yes, it's very stifling. Yes, the government's in control of everything, and there's some shady stuff that's going on in the control. But it's like keep your head down. Do your job. You can lead a fine life. Sam was going to get promoted. He was going to have, you know, all these great things. He kept denying it and turning it down. His mother was living a fine life. His uh, doctor, the doctor, the plastic surgeon, they were living, you know. There's benefits to the system if you play their game. And me, as a Capricorn man, uh, I'm very much in the uh, idea of tradition uh, and, you know, like, respect the people ahead of you and the people behind you should respect you. So, Brazil... While it is, you know, a horrible dystopian world that's, yes, stifling a lot of people, there are a lot of benefits that come with it. You know what I mean? Like, he's out having a medium-rare steak at a restaurant. That that sounds no, great. No, the steak he got was, like, space food. It wasn't real but steak. He said it, yeah, he said it was overcooked, but I'm assuming that thing tastes like a steak. Uh, I don't know. You're just eating little weird congealed food, and you have a 50-50 yeah. chance of dying from cosmetic surgery 
your mm. office is being stolen by someone else from I don't know. I I didn't like anything about the Brazil universe in terms of living there. Well I would, I would be one of the rebels if I lived there, I think. Yeah, you gotta accept yourself as a cog in the system. A rebel would be a horrible life. You'd be constantly on the run. People would wanna, you know, attack you. You have all these moralistic codes to live up to, doing good for the people. But if you just put your if you just put your head down and work hard for the system, you get to reap all the benefits in the world of Brazil. So that's why I chose it. Oh yeah. In varsity blues, you were all against being a team player. And now in Brazil, you just <laughs> you just wanna be a cog in the wheel. Hell yeah. Well, there's benefits to this. There's no benefits in Varsity Blues. There's not even benefits, really. Sam hates his life. Yeah, well, there's good food, and there's uh, plastic surgery, and I assume there's other little things. Well, the fact that you went Brazil there means that we're probably going to disagree on this next and final category as well. Mm -hmm. Who had it the worst? Yeah, who had it the worst between our three protagonists in these movies? And we had to put the stipulation on it is that who ended the worst. So they all go through great transformations throughout the movie, all three of them, physical and other transformations. Yeah. So we had to clarify it's how they end the movie and who ended up worst. So and it was between the, the main three. Did we say that the main three protagonists of the story? Yeah. Did you rank them? Uh, I did not rank them. I just wrote down who had it the worst. But I could rank them real quick. Yeah. All right. Well, I ranked mine. You got to rank things, man. Lists are great. Lists are great. See, you'd fit right in a Brazil. Paperwork, lists. In this case, I went with for, I guess this would be who ended up the best, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going with last. So who who ended up the best for me is the man from the road. Mm -hmm. And he ended up cold and dead and alone on a beach. Well, not completely alone. His son was with him while he died. Yeah. And death is the best ending of these three for me. Yeah. And I actually agree with you. The road, (laughs) the man is he, first of all, like you said, death is a release from this horrible world that they live in. And his son, he, though he doesn't know it, his son, goes on to meet up with other people and like start another human tribe. So it's the ending is actually pretty uplifting compared to the whole movie. Yeah. He got the boy where he needed to get him, even though he didn't live long enough to see that he got him there. He accomplished what he set out to do and he died to anything would be better than living in what they're living in. So death is a sweet release for them. Yeah. So we agree on that one. The next worst ending we might disagree. Mm-hmm. So I'm going with Swayze ah. as Sam in the middle here. Is that what you picked too? Yeah, we're going to agree on all three of them. Yeah, we're going to agree. Finally, would, you've, finally you've come to your senses. It would suck to be dead just as much as Vigo, but in his case, he has to be a ghost and, and live there forever. Seemingly, maybe he goes to the aliens, but it's unknown really what happens to him. <laughs> I love how you just say it like it's obviously not heaven. And now, like you're really sticking, you're really sticking with this uh, this alien thing. It's it there's just as much evidence either way. Is all I'm saying. Listen, if he's abducted by aliens and we're agreeing that that's the ending, I'm moving him to my worst. Because not only the worst, it's a mystery. Not, it could be good. 
No, it's not. It can't be good. It's never good when you get abduct- abducted by aliens. They perform anal cavity searches and things like that. We know it. That so, is a, a, an offensive stereotype. <laughs> offensive to you, an alien? Yes. All right. Well, listen, that if, if that's the case, not only did he just get murdered, chased around his wife and nearly had a heart attack trying to defend her, now after his reward for being such a good guy is getting abducted by aliens for them to perform, you know, research on him. He was going with the good aliens though, not the scary ones. And I have heard stories of people that claim to have been abducted and used sexually for, for their reproductive you know, juices. And that's okay. a, re- that's a real thing. So imagine if you get abducted and some sexy alien, which it's almost universally known that the <laughs> aliens can shape shift into they read your mind and they shape shift into whatever you desire. Oh so they, my God. They turn into a shape shifting succubus. How okay. bad does that sound? Yeah. So what you're describing is alien rape and it's not okay. Okay. I have, oh, I have the oh. say of yes or no over my body, whether I'm sexually attracted to an alien, I guarantee I'm probably not going to be DTF. If, if they beam me up in a tractor beam. All right. Look at it this way. Say you're married and, you get sucked up into an alien spaceship and the succubus takes the form of your wife and, and has sex with you. Is it cheating? Is it cheating? What's, <laughs> what, what's wrong with the whole scenario? Like, what, what's so wrong about that? What? <laughs> uh, you're being abducted and having forced to have sex against your will. That's probably the main wrong thing. But it's, it's with your wife. An alien that shape-shifted into your wife. That's not your wife, man. I mean, uh, hey, if you want to sell it to your wife like that, be my guest. But that's not your wife. Well, when you're abducted, you have no say in anything. You're, you're not even able to move when you get abducted. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that would kind of be rapey. But it seems like the aliens are trying to take care of your mental state and your conscience when they're, when your conscience okay. when they're doing this. So we, we vary uh, in... If the ending is aliens, I think it's the worst. If the ending is heaven, I think it's not the worst. <laughs> All right. All right. So then how do you defend Brazil? Well, <clears throat> here's the problem with Brazil. Like we were talking about, the ending of this movie for him is he is in a catatonic, insane state where he is just constantly dreaming and having nightmares. Like nightmares are fucking scary. Imagine... Not being able to wake up from your nightmares. That'd be, yep. hor- that'd be horrific, you know? I so, agree. So for the rest of your life, you just have to sit there and replay over and over and over the craziest, scariest shit that's going on. Maybe you have some fun dreams where you get abducted by alien wives that sleep with you. That Maybe that happens every once in a while in your dreams. But more often than not, it looks like your dreams are going to be very abstract, very uh, surrealistic, and you're falling through coffins with jelly bones, and nobody wants to do any of that. So it, that's just a scary end of your life right there. Yep, I, I agreed for all the same reasons. It would be horrible to be Sam, and death would be better than what he gets because being a prisoner in your own brain is the worst kind of prisoner. You, there's nothing you can do. Like you said, as, as long as you're alive, you're living a true living nightmare. Yeah. Uh, with samurais and flying pillars and weird stuff. So I agree. 
Well, we did it. We agreed on something. Yeah, we agreed on a rank. That was. I was thinking That's back. I mean, remember when we ranked the fellowship and you put Aragorn at like six? <laughs> oh, you put Frodo oh, at like six. Aragorn you, is so high up on everyone's list. You were just so wrong on that one. I have, you, correction, you, you were wrong like a year ago on no, the podcast. Correction, you fucked Frodo over the whole podcast. You had it out for him. You had an alternate agenda that you pushed through the podcast to defame the guy that saved Middle-earth. Yeah, well, you tried to catch up, I guess, at the end with Aragorn. Or something. I don't know why you would shit on him. Like, what did he do to deserve that? He, well... As far like Vigo was good as Aragorn, but having read the books, Aragorn is not that exciting of a character. <laughs> well, while I'm correcting you from months ago, I have to oh. correct. I Do to, go on. Yeah, I have to correct myself here from last oh, okay. week. <clears throat> oh, do go on. I referred to the prepubescent boys that were trailing the cannibal cart in the book. I referred to them as. Oh, calamites. Yeah. The, the word I was looking for was catamites. Calamites. <laughs> calamites are fossilized plants. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could have been calamites maybe later, but not at that point. Yeah. Once they were eaten, shat out, and fed into soil, they became calamites. Calamites after centuries. Yes. <laughs> I, I want a tattoo that says from catamites to calamites. <laughs> that's like a thousand year transformation there. Yeah, that's that's a while. It would take a while to be fossilized. More than a thousand, actually, like probably millions of years. Millions, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how fossils work, but it seems like it'd take a long ass time well, to become fossilized. How, yeah, how long ago were dinosaurs here? Uh, it's a debate. I'm going to say millions, <laughs> maybe billions. I don't know. Fuck, I don't millions. know. I want to say millions. Yeah, it's gonna take it's gonna take at least a million years to get a good fossil out of you. Yeah, I minored in history, but we didn't go all the way back to dinosaurs. I minored in history too. Oh. <laughs> Did you yeah. cover dinosaurs in your class? Not a bit. I That's know the history all... I'm looking for here. Yeah, I know all the useless information about the Vietnam War that I could ever use, but I don't have any reason to use it. But I don't know anything about dinosaurs now when I need it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not when I need it for this podcast 15 years later. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, let's finish this one up. Or I guess it's finished and let's wrap it up then. Where should people email us? Email us at rancidtacopodcast at gmail.com. Very good. Oh, I, I killed that right there. That was a nice one. Hail uh, Payman. Hail Payman. Hail Mary Moss. Hail, Melkor. Hail, Brando. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I guess. Sure. Hail, hail Coba. Coba. Hail Coba. Yep. Hail Caesar. Yep. And hail, moms. Hail, moms. Hail, hail yeah, moms. Yep. Hail all the moms. Hail yeah, moms. Moms are good. I mean, yeah. I've only had I've only had one, but my experiences so far have been pretty good with them. I'm so proud of the picks that they, they made. They could have picked anything and given mm-hmm. us some shit. And I was just so happy with the movies they picked. All three of them. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent choices all around the board. All good movies. I was really scared that someone was going to pick like Gone with the Wind or some movie yeah. from 100 years ago that I would just fall asleep during. 
I mean, I, we would only have to worry about that with our mothers. Crystal's probably not going to pick something like that, but our mothers, our mothers did really well with their picks on, uh, like Ghost is a, is a classic, and Brazil was just such an interesting dive into something that we really had never sort of dove into. So that was fun. No, I would have never watched Brazil if not for this choice, and I wouldn't have watched Ghost again either. I'd seen it when I was a kid, and that was enough for me. But I'm glad I rewatched it. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting concept too. You don't get a lot of concepts like that with the no. media. Yeah, and, and there's even more mysteries that they didn't explain. Yeah, and then the aliens at the end. Hmm. Oh, well, the aliens were part of the movie. I was talking about can he masturbate or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, those mysteries, yeah. That, that was yeah, the mystery right. I wanted to know about. Okay, yeah, yeah, that, that's a bigger mystery for sure. I mean, I'm definitely, if I'm ever a ghost, I'm going to try. Yeah, well, what else are you going to do? You, you can yeah, only haunt shit for so long. Yeah, nobody can see you. You can literally do it anywhere. Yep. Oh yeah, bonus award. Two two bonus awards. Worst mm-hmm. acting performance, Patrick Swayze, and best music, Brazil. Yeah, we can agree on both of those pretty easily. All right, so we snuck in the. Uh, I love I love the secret awards because they're quick and easy. Yeah, and they're just known. Yeah, they're known. Mm-hmm. So one other thing we need to know is. What are we doing next? Up next, we are going to explore the Christopher Nolan Batman series, which I think is going to be a a fun romp. Oh, yeah. I like two-thirds of that series. I hate the last movie. Well, I shouldn't say hate. I don't hate the last movie, but I feel about that series a lot like I do Planet of the Apes. The first two are excellent, and the last one is not. You see, I don't feel the same. I've in if I'm just I haven't rewatched them, obviously, so I'm gonna take a thorough look at them. I still think <clears throat> two, the second one, will obviously be the best. And I think between one and three for the second and third, because I don't think I didn't think one was that awesome, and I didn't think three was as bad as you're describing it. So I enjoyed Tom Hardy's performance as Bane, and uh I thought it was an interesting story and it's particularly the ending is very interesting. So I don't know if I dislike the third as much as you. I think the problem with the third is it had a, too much to live up with after following up the second one. Yeah, so, I, I would agree with that. The second one really landed. It was a great oh, yeah. blockbuster movie. Yeah. Yeah. The second one is maybe some of the best uh, Hollywood cinematic production of all time. Yeah. Well, I remember thinking the first one is severely underrated. So maybe when we look at it closer, I won't feel that way. But the third one, I don't think there's going to be any change in my mind. There's so many plot holes and just dumb things. And it's very convoluted. But I don't, you know, let's not jump too far ahead. I will say the best best thing about the third movie is Josh Stewart playing Bane Bane's henchman. Hell yeah. Webster County represent. Webster County's finest. His mom uh, was my middle school teacher. Yeah, he, he made out with my girlfriend in a play at the Landmark Studio. That was sweet. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. In the play or like back? Yeah, back? yeah. As, as the characters in the play, him and her like made out on stage. Uh, I thought you were uh, doing Thomas Paine and he was in the back making out with your girl. <laughs> making out with my girl. Well, he might have been. I don't know at that point. <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Josh Stewart. 
Webster County's yeah. finest. West Virginia's finest. Some of the finest. Hail Josh Stewart. Hail Josh Stewart. <laughs> that, and that, that's, that's for next month, maybe. Yeah, I hope he listens to this podcast at some point. That could really boost us. Oh, that'd be great. I, I, could, I follow him on Twitter. Maybe I'll send it to him. Oh, I'm going to follow him on Twitter. I didn't know he's on Twitter. Yeah, he's, he's a cool dude. Mm-hmm. All right, so Christopher Nolan, Batman, coming up next month. And did you have anything else to add about the month of mothers <clears throat> was May and the Mother's Day month? Just just yeah. that we just that we love all of our mothers in our lives. And I love my mother. I love your mother. She's a great mother. I love your wife. She's a great wife. And all three of them were are beautiful people. And, the, and that's it. That's all I want to say. Yes. And I agree on all, all accounts. We love all three of these mothers and. We were hopefully we brought some joy to them in doing the podcast. Yeah, because they are like our only three listeners. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, moms. Send us an email. All right. Send us an email, mom. All right. That, that does will, it. That will do it. That will do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye bye, y'all. Rotten Tomatoes when you've got the rancid tacos. This podcast is brought to you by West Virginia Pepperoni Rolls.